Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. All thanks and praises due to Allah. We seek his help and forgiveness. We seek refuge in Allah from the evil within ourselves and the consequences of our evil deeds. Whoever Allah guides will never be led astray, and whoever Allah leads astray will never find guidance. I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, alone, without any partners, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his servant and his messenger. O you who believe, be mindful of God, as is his due, and make sure you devote yourselves to him, to your dying moment. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Today I want to talk about compassion why it is so central to our deen, our tradition, and why it is the very thing that has been missing from the way that we address sexual violence and abuse. It is my favorite concept, my favorite word. It has been a word that, is, that has been the most, the best source of solace, the greatest source of strength for me in my life. And rahmah, meaning compassion, is one of the most mentioned concepts in the Quran, and it is the most mentioned attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of God in the Qur'an. The depth of this word, the depth of rahmah, is best understood through its root, the word rahm, meaning womb. It refers us back to a place of unconditional and limitless safety and calm, a place of wonder, a place where we are provided for without asking, a place of supreme love. It is a place of great power, and simultaneously a place of our utmost vulnerability and dependency. Yet, it is a place where our vulnerability and our dependency is valued and treasured, and where the act of providing is an instinctual act of love. This is the attribute of our Creator. It is out of this divine compassion and love, and our dependence on this love, that our creation came to be. The repetition of Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, the most compassionate, the most merciful, should compel us to embody Rahmah, embody compassion in everything that we do and every interaction that we have with one another. Compassion means that no one has less or greater value than you. Instead, there's only oneness. Compassion means that the lines are blurred between the giver and the receiver when we come to another person's aid. Compassion means that instead of making judgments and assumptions about one another, we instead listen and we operate from a state of curiosity. Compassion means that we set aside our ego's need to be right. Instead, we collaborate and we compete for good. It means that when we are confronted with words of anger, we learn to hear the fear, insecurities, pain, and hurt lying just beneath the surface. There's a center housed at UC Berkeley which actually studies the psychology and the neuroscience and the sociology of compassion. And what they found was that those who practice compassion are more optimistic, they worry less, they have more joy and satisfaction in their lives, they are more resilient to stress and disease. And what they also found was that it's not a scarce resource that we have to offer. The more we offer it, the greater the depth of our compassion. And that compassion is contagious. The more we model it, the more it catches on amongst those around us. Unfortunately, we find that rahmah is something that is all too commonly withheld from the many traumatized by sexual assault and abuse. The first story that I learned of was from a young woman from our community. And she was assaulted at the age of 12 by the son of close family, mem of close family friends who was 18. They were staying at their house for a few days. And one night she awoke to being sexually assaulted by this young man. It was the most terrifying and confusing 
incident that she had ever experienced in her life. And in the morning, she mustered up the courage to tell his mother, a woman who she adored tremendously, who she had grown up with. And immediately after she told her what happened, this woman turned on her in anger and immediately blamed her. She told her, this is what happens to girls like you, girls who are too playful. And this young woman recalled in the aftermath walking into the bathroom and struggling to look at the mirror because she was too afraid that she would not recognize herself anymore. She was too afraid that what she would see reflected in the mirror was her own self-hatred, shame, and self-loathing. And just like that, the joy and the awe and the wonder that had previously characterized her childhood was stripped away from her. And it was replaced with a deep and persisting depression, panic attacks, anxiety, nightmares, and suicidal ideations. And she struggled for a very long time. Even through her 20s, in her mid-20s, she even decided to go to a trusted and prominent imam in her community. So she went to him, and she told him of the sexual assault and how she still was haunted by it, how she still struggled. And after she told him, he sexually harassed her multiple times. And her world began to crumble all over again. And a few years later, she found out that she wasn't the only one. Other stories surfaced, other reports surfaced of sexual harassment and even assault. And then he was dismissed from his position as an imam and he fled the country. I know this story so well, so intimately, because this was my story. And through these experiences, I learned what it was like to be shamed and blamed, to be silenced, to feel powerless, to feel isolated and alone. And I also learned what it felt like to feel the intense fear and numbness that comes with losing hope and interest in pursuing life itself. I learned what life looks like and what life feels like when there's a lack of compassion and how that lack of compassion made me lack compassion for myself. I took on the shame, I took on the blame. And as much as I was devalued, I also devalued myself. And by no means am I alone. According to the Center for Disease Control, approximately one out of four women and one out of six men have experienced a form of sexual violence at some point in their lives, including but not limited to incest, molestation, rape, or even stalking. What that means right now in this room is that if it's not you, it's someone sitting next to you. And yet, when survivors come forward, we call them liars. Even though the percentage of false claims is estimated to be a minuscule number in the single digits, and we also shame them and blame them, we tell them this is because they must have strayed from their dean. We tell them to stop causing chaos and disruption in our communities. We tell them to move on, to get over it, that we have bigger issues to deal with. And when we do this, we create an environment comfortable for perpetrators to keep perpetrating. We make it easy for them. And it wasn't until I started sharing my own story that I also came to know just how many survivors there were within our Muslim community, amongst our Muslim leaders, community members. And I also came to know and to have the certainty when walking into a room like this that there have already been people in this room who have whispered in their hearts, in their chests, the words, me too. I know this because it happens 
every single time I share my story. And the survivors I speak of within our communities include women who were assaulted despite the hijabs they wore, the jilbabs they wore, or even the naqabs they wore, or women who were sexually abused by the very mahrams, the family protectors who were meant to protect them from harm. These are also boys, young men, who were raped by their Qur'an teachers, or molested by an uncle, or even a neighbor. What this means is that we are not doing our job to protect one another. It means that we need to rethink the judgments we've made about survivors and how and why these crimes are committed. It means that what we thought would provide us safety was sometimes the very terror in someone's life. And this is happening in all kinds of places. It's happened within the military, the University of Pennsylvania. It's even happened within a Muslim educational institution in Chicago. And these are just the cases that we know about. So who do we blame if we can't blame the survivors for the very transgressions committed against them? The heart of the matter is that what truly makes us unsafe is the illusion of safety that we've created. And we've built this illusion with our silence. The silencing of survivors, the silence of those who know better, and the silence we've created around the perpetrators. The silence at its very core is the absence of compassion. But it doesn't have to be this way. I say what I have said. May God forgive us all. Alhamdulillah. All praises and thanks are due to God alone. Preventing and addressing this issue is possible. And it's easier than you think. Healing is possible. And it begins with bringing back in compassion. It was through the compassion of others that I began healing myself. It began with being listened to. Having my pain and the injustice of the crime committed against me acknowledged by loving individuals. The power of this was transformative. What it did was help me begin to be compassionate towards myself and realize my own power and agency in transforming my life so that I could seek out healing so I could learn to have power over my story, so it would no longer haunt and control me, so the trauma I experienced that I thought would eventually break me would become my greatest source of strength. What I learned from my experience was that compassion and justice are inextricably linked. Without compassion, there is no justice, and without justice, there is no compassion. I learned that a compassionate and just response is the most transformative response we can make when facing adversity. And the concept of, of justice is so central within our tradition, within our deen, that we were commanded in Surah An-Nasa, verse 134, O you who believe, stand up firmly for justice as witnesses to God, even if it be against yourselves, your parents, your relatives, and whether the case of a rich person or a poor person. And so what this means is that a compassionate and just response means that we decide for ourselves that there is no topic that is too taboo for us to address, that our discomfort is not a reasonable excuse to shirk from the responsibility of protecting one another. A compassionate and just response means that we listen. Listening is truly an act of love and one of the most beautiful ways in which we can offer our compassion to survivors to help them heal. It is the direct opposite of the destructive nature of silence. 
Anyone is capable of that, of giving this gift of listening, of presence, the gift of valuing someone. It doesn't cost anything, it doesn't require that much. It's easy and it's tremendously powerful. And a compassionate and just response also means that we hold perpetrators accountable. Again, even if it be against yourselves, your parents or your relatives. This also means even if it be against your own institutions, your community leaders. It is an act of compassion for the survivors and an act of compassion to the community by preventing further harm. It's even an act of compassion to the perpetrators by keeping him or her from continuing their transgressions, from continuing the, their harm, their harming of others, because when one commits a harm to another, they commit a harm to, against themselves. With compassion, we have the power to transform our communities so that we can be the womb, that rahma. We can be each other's greatest protectors and sources of strength so that we can heal, for us to have safety, and for us to experience the wonder and awe of this life, for all of us to thrive together. God commands justice, doing good and generosity towards relatives, and he forbids what is shameful and blameworthy and oppressive. He teaches you so that you may take heed. I mean, O oh Allah, may we be in constant remembrance of your limitless rahmah. May we be guided by your compassion in all that we do. May we first learn to have compassion for ourselves, so that we may heal from our own pain, our own traumas, losses, fears, and insecurities, so that we can offer a deep reservoir of rahmah to others.